0: And welcome to Spotlight with Sandhya. A favorite four-letter word that begins with F is food. And now, more than ever before, people are increasingly turning to food for comfort. The focus is also on eating healthy. And apart from brushing up their culinary skills, People are also interested in growing their own food at home. On today's show, our guest will tell us why microgreens are regarded as a miracle food and how we can grow them on our own terraces or our home gardens. So let's welcome Vikram Udaigiri of earthistic and agro firm. Hi Vikram and welcome to the show.
1: Hi Sandhya and thanks for having me over.
0: Great. So let's start off with asking the question that are uh, you know, picking my interest. What are microgreens? I mean, to me, they look like pygmy herbs, you know, the same plant that typically would grow very big. It seems to me as if it's, they've used them, a technique to stunt their growth or off their growth but I'm sure I'm wrong. So why don't you tell us more about it? Well, Sandhya, in
1: very simple terms, microgreens are saplings at a two-leaf stage. They are a vegetable or a particular vegetable plant or a green leafy vegetable plant that grows just tall enough and has two leaves that pop out. And this is considered... Extremely nutritious.
0: Okay, so is there a, a technique to mm-hmm. actually make sure that they grow only to that particular height? I mean, is there or naturally their height is only that tall? What is it?
1: Well, look at the end of the day, we are saying that microgreens are nothing but saplings of a particular plant. Uh, for example, if we take. Coriander, you're saying a normal coriander green leafy plant would grow to about 8 to 12 inches and grow very, very bushy. But what we're trying to do here is just make sure the coriander sprouts out of the seed, grows a little bit into a two stage, two leaf stage baby plant, and that has nutrition packed in it. That's what has. Uh, Superfood powers, as they say.
0: Okay, so usually I've seen it, uh, you know, on uh, on the menus of fancy restaurants or uh, this new age healthy food restaurants, which typically translates into making it more expensive. Uh, you see it also in stores which are rather upmarket. So, is there a reason why they're expensive?
1: Well, Sandhya, uh, I mean, there are two parts of the whole thing. You know, I mean, one is how they're grown the kind of uh, investment on time that is put into growing them, the amount of, uh, you know, I mean, they are delicate plants at, at the end of the day. And obviously, at some level, we need to mitigate the usage of any form of uh, pesticides, chemicals, and so on, so forth. So that's one of the reasons why they are perceived to be expensive. but. Truth be told, at Stick, the microgreens that we have, the mandate that we had when we started the brand, when we started the product was for it not to be an aspirational product, but at some level to become a commodity. Uh, in fact, that was my uh, motivation to start Earthistic and its microgreens. Uh, because uh, in 2017, when we started, a small tray of microgreens like this one that you can see here uh, would cost anywhere between 450 to 475 rupees per tray of exactly this size sold to any five-star hotel or to any other consumer, right? Now, with my background of being a chef and traveling the world and understanding what ingredients are used, and how much accessibility to restaurateurs, hoteliers have uh, to good quality ingredients that ultimately empowers improves the quality of the dish or the dining experience. And then I came back and I said, "Hey, look, uh, standalone restaurants. I don't think I'm going to be able to afford these microgreens at 475. So very quickly, I did a back, back of the hand calculation. We went. Uh, to a lot of seed sources, so we went to farmers. Uh, We actually went to peat manufacturers, you know, I mean, people who were actually uh, composting them, bringing them out, steam sterilizing them. So we went to the source. And at some level, we found that, you know, there was a lot, there were a lot of middlemen in the whole whole equation of, uh, you know, seed suppliers and so on, so forth. So we went to the farmers trade, we said, hey, you know, I mean, what are you selling these seeds at? to your distributors, to your um, agro companies, and so on and so forth. And so we offered them much better prices, which was still far, far cheaper in terms of you know buying it from a big brand or buying it from a big company and so on and so forth. So once we did this, we had a happy farmer because his seeds were being procured directly by us at a very good price. We had happy composters who were selling us their peat, their vermicompost, a whole bunch of other organic ingredients that actually goes into our mix at, at a much fairer price per se. And we were actually able to bring this cost down to almost 125 rupees to 150 rupees per, uh, per SKU. So that's... I wow, mean, lower in cost.
0: that's a huge saving. Uh, you were able to pass it on to your consumers, to your buyers? Absolutely.
1: So this was at some level a complete win-win situation because I said now the standalone restaurants, which obviously have a much lower APC average price per cover, uh, could afford good quality microgreens. We've knocked it off from being aspirational to trying to commoditize it, bringing it to the bottom of the pyramid. And I think that's something that you know i mean has been our vision in order to bring these ingredients to the ground to to reality allow people to experience experience use them afford them and at the same time protect the interests of the farmers of the people who are producing these things of the people who are producing each and every one of these byproducts that put the whole you know, package together for us
0: oh that's really interesting uh vikram you know uh so tell me i mean because of your background as a chef you're able to add uh, more value to the business that you have started right artistic So tell me, typically, what are the kind of dishes that we normally make at home that we could use these microgreens in? Is it only in salads or can we use it in other dishes? Uh, Would you be able to tell me something about it? Sure, most
1: definitely. So, I mean, this is where perception was always that, you know, microgreens are used for garnish, microgreens are used as tossed in salads and so on, so forth, for two reasons. For garnish, yes, because it makes the plate look lovely. Everyone becomes a gourmand and a gourmet chef, uh, a connoisseur for those who are seeing these kind of plates coming with lovely garnish. Number two, it can be used as salads because, you know, I mean, it's easy to toss up microgreens, are fresh. But to really deconstruct this whole myth of microgreens just being used for all of this, I can tell you what we use it for. So, I consult a whole bunch of hotels and restaurants, uh, you know, in in terms of developing recipes, in terms of developing products for them, and so on and so forth. Um, and for example, the roselle uh, or, you know, in, in a local colloquial language, gongura soppu, mm-hmm. you know, which, uh, yeah. which is a nice acidic uh, kind of soppu, which is used in chutneys and, right. and in a lot of the... Uh,
0: it's delicious. Right. I love gongura Yeah. <laughs> absolutely,
1: absolutely. Uh, so gongura soppu, for example, we grow into microgreens and then oh. use this as a base for gongura chicken or gongura paneer, right? Interesting. Uh, I mean, during lockdown, um, you know, we had a surplus stock of pea shoots uh, and this is how the pea shoots look. Uh, so, all we did was harvested them. Then I made a little recipe out, shared it with our consumers, our customers, and it was basically a potatoes and pea fabuto uh, you know, tempered potatoes with uh, pea shoots so all we did here was to substitute the regular pea right. potato in the you know in the stir fry with pea shoots and nutrition wise i mean the jury is out there to decide you know i mean what nutritional values microgreens gave, and so on and so forth but you know just flavor wise it was extremely localized to have with nice hot chapatis uh, or just steaming hot rice and ghee. you know
0: sounds mouth-watering so,
1: <laughs> absolutely absolutely so you know i mean the pink radish or white radish microgreens for example Mm-hmm. were doled up into chapatis and made, we made parathas with them and they were far more pungent mooli parathas.
0: Okay. They cook faster than uh, uh, you know, the regular vegetables or is it the same cooking time? Well,
1: technically they don't need to cook. Okay. Yeah, they're rich in antioxidants, they're rich in vitamin B12 and by cooking all of this, I mean they're really at some level changing the composition. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, just nice stir fries or putting into a chapati, you know, it lets go of its own water and flavor and so on and so forth is, uh, is what the biggest benefit is.
0: So it actually, actually. saves time. Okay, great, because it reduces yeah. one whole element of cooking.
1: For example, these little greens. So one would actually imagine, try and imagine what these are. But, you know, um, a lot of our clients now have this. As a part of their masala box in their kitchen. Oh. So, this is nothing but fresh coriander microgreen. Okay. So, if they're making a the rasam and they want to garnish their rasam, all they do is cut this off and put it in the rasam, right? And they keep this tray as it is and water it every day just to make sure they it can't get fresher than that you know
0: so what are the other microgreens that can be stored like this in the kitchen or planted in uh, our homes what are the ones well uh, you know i can see an array of them on your table so what are the common ones you know again now
1: mustard i'm just reading out a list for you from a ready sku that we have you know i mean just in case anyone wants to pick these up it has it comes to come the whole kit and so on and so mustard white radish pink radish Roselle or bungura, uh, amaranthis, coriander, turnip, alpha, alpha. Uh, other than this, we also have wheatgrass. Recently, uh, a very interesting. Uh,
0: you know you have that open tray show us how we can use this kit see most of us just keep some decorative plants and the most that we do is water them and make sure they look te- clean and tidy and we depend on the mali or the gardener to come and clean stuff we, that's the maximum amount of gardening that we do so if we were to uh, you know uh, focus on something like this you know develop a closer bond with the food that we are growing ourselves and we want to uh, feed ourselves and our family. Get us started on how it would work. I or, let's start it this way. I order a box from you. It comes to my house. I open it. What do I do next? Sure,
1: but interestingly, let me just give you a little story of how this box came uh, into, you know, yeah. I mean, uh, into perspective how we thought about this box because earlier we would sell all our microgreens completely live like this. Mm. Okay. It would reach customers' homes harvest it, and so on and so forth. And then suddenly we had to do a deal with this whole lockdown issue. So now we had a whole bunch of customers calling us and saying, hey, you know, I mean, can you send us the microgreens? But, you know, they're so delicate, I have to use them raw in salads. Uh, could I use them as salads raw or do I have to cook them? And at the end of the day, I was not the jury, I was a farmer.
0: <laughs> right. right.
1: So considering all of this, we said, hey, okay, uh, you know, I mean, we can send you the microgreens. But why don't you try and grow it on your own? And that is how the kit evolved. So today, most of our customers buy these kits, grow them themselves. There's no question of hygiene. It can be grown in-house, all that it needs is a little light on top during the last part of its growth stage. But I wanted to just tell you you know, how we prevented it from uh, actually selling live microgreens to actually getting people to grow it.
0: I think that was a brilliant move, and the whole thing about being agile and pivoting as per the situation is what can keep small companies afloat. I think that's been a brilliant move, Vikram. Congratulations. Thank you. Are there any do's and don'ts uh, in your array of uh, microgreens, or uh, should we? Is it okay to mix them all up, or should we mix only a few together? And there, are there some that don't go together?
1: So I get what you're saying. Uh, well, it depends on you know how conjunct it is. What the flavors that are coming out are, and so on and so forth. Pink radish or white radish microgreens, I would tend to use that with other lettuces, uh, with say a lolo rosso or a lolo verde, iceberg lettuce or a romaine lettuce, for the simple reason that the radish microgreen is far more potent than the radish itself.
0: Oh, interesting, huh? Yeah.
1: So I mean, you can actually smell. Nose, eye, the entire microgreen, If you put it in and, and eat it live, so you know, I mean, it's it's very pungent. So it would act as a good accompaniment. But a pea shoot, on the other hand, would be like eating boiled peas, even in its its raw form.
0: Oh, that's strange. So huh? the,
1: true, true. Yeah, the coriander, on the other hand, I would make an omelet at home. And then, you know, just cut up a bunch of the coriander microgreens and put it on top of the omelette itself, you know?
0: How long uh, do you think a tray like that uh, lasts when uh, do we replace it
1: so to answer this question uh, we've had
0: many customers uh,
1: who had this starting trouble but now their planting cycles are every 4 days so obviously when they buy one tray of coriander the first 12 to 15 days is taken to grow the first tray but every 4 days they plant their next one so it basically means they're using instead of buying coriander from outside they're using one fourth of this tray which is roughly about 2 inches by 7 inches in in bed of fresh microgreen coriander per day and so they are also planning their production by planting one new tray every fourth day
0: oh wonderful I think now we are ready for the demo please show me how to use it
1: (laughs) sure with pleasure so I will show you very basic simple way of doing this this kit basically comes with a whole bunch of of, you know paraphernalia that would help you to grow the much without using it. And then, of course, it also comes with a little lollipop where you can date stamp what you're growing. So you basically put the date on when you've done the seeding so you're able to track what date it comes on. It comes with an instruction manual with a you know, very creatively written uh, and sketched out methodology of doing the whole thing. It comes with a little recipe chart also. And the recipe chart keeps changing from box to box. Mm-hmm. So, uh, if you're fortunate, then you might just get different recipes every single day. Today, what we do and what we work on is white radish microgreens that we need to be very, very uh, careful about how we grow these microgreens. Uh, so, Sandhya, we have with us a potting mixture that's put together. It comes as part of the packaging. Okay, so we've measured just enough that it fits the tray. So, here's the potting mixture.
0: What is uh, the potting mixture consist of? So, so the potting mixture
1: consists of various organic, organicly sourced produce, including cocoa peat, uh, uh, vermicompost, compost, natural ingredients that are found, which are native to you know arresting of. Uh, fungus from growing and so on and so forth. And of course, you know I mean, we control the moisture levels in, in the cocoa peat before we actually pack them into these bags because moisture is a very critical part of the microgreen growing journey and story and so on. And so forth. So here we have the soil put in. So I just level out all the soil this way. I have a little bit of the soil which is actually tray full of potting mixture, which is a combination of cocoa peat and vermicompost and a whole bunch.
0: This look very therapeutic to me, Vikram, this whole process of putting in the mixture and leveling it out, that itself must be the first step in some kind of a Zen meditation.
1: I would consider it meditation because, you know, I mean, the joy that one can get out of feeling these textures, you know, I mean, potting them, just pure mental yoga, (laughs) you know, in the sense that you feel the satisfaction that you get in doing it, playing with these textures. So that's what we say. I mean, you know, I mean, I was, I was doing some research about, you know, how we help kids and children. And one of the interesting studies that were published was that growing microgreens actually brought about patience in children. So they learned how to be patient, they learned how to be calm. Because the environment that we are in currently, everything is so fast-tracked. But here, we put in the seeds, water them just right, cover them up, Come back 24 hours later to check whether it's germinated. Okay. So, okay, so it's not germinated, cover them back, water them, keep them. Come back again 36 hours later, open, oh, there's germination. So you're seeing some development, Irrigate them, water, them, cover them again. So this whole six-day cycle actually brings about teaching kids how to be patient. Instances where kids have actually counted each seed. And so the parents say, well, you know, my child, when I give him a book, he never reads or never calculates. But look here, he's counting and he's being so careful about the whole thing. So I think these are all learnings for us, uh, you know, as adults, as children, as human beings per se, on on not just growing microgreens, but I think anything to do with finishing off with gardening, eating that produce fresh and healthy. I think
0: so. I think so. I think you develop a more clear idea of the kind of food that needs to go into your body and you develop a bond Mm -hmm. with the vegetables and the produce that you yourself are picking and choosing and all the better if you're growing them yourself, correct?
1: So, yes. So, the kit also comes with this spray bottle, about 100 ml of water in this. So, I ideally for the first time wet my bed of soil. So, now what I'm going to do is very quickly, I'm going to take this pink... Uh, radish seeds gather them all up in my hand and just spread them up spread them out a little lightly all around the tray when I need 300 leaves to consume
0: okay so the trick is to follow the instructions to the last comma or the last full stop not take shortcuts in the planting
1: absolutely And what's most important for all of us another lesson in life is there is no right or wrong Mm-hmm. I said, no, it's time to burn my skills. It's time to sharpen my knife. And so I went to the mm-hmm. University of Agricultural Sciences campus. Now I can't join any course because, you know, I mean, we have businesses to run. We have uh, other things to do. So I associated with professors. We befriended them. We invited them to come on board as consultants with us. We would keep visiting their campuses, understanding uh, the science of growing, the art of growing, uh, and so on and so forth. And at the
0: end of the day, that's
1: where... Through all these experiences, we've tried to convert these signs into an art by saying, experience this. The fact that I think microgreens are very healthy. We've seen a lot of change in ourselves, not just in the body, but also in the mind, while growing these um, little beauties, uh, while consuming them fresh. Uh, They're high in fiber, that's for sure. Uh, Extremely fresh can't get better. We don't wash them because we are spraying them with water every single day from the top. So there's any form of residue is anyway settling down and then we are cutting it through. So we are not washing the satisfaction of growing it at home, growing it yourself, consuming it. Itself is therapeutic. My advice would be, of course, read all of that, but enjoy the experience of growing and eating microgreens at home.
0: That sounds really nice. And that's something that I think um, a lot of us would want to try out now. One is uh, always looking for something interesting to learn and something to do constructively as we are still working our way through the challenge that the pandemic has brought us. But on this note, I thank you Vikram Udaigiri for coming on Spotlight with Sandhya. And to our viewers, thank you for watching. I'll be back soon. But meanwhile, please go to the Rain Tree Media channel on YouTube. Hit like, leave a nice comment if you like the show and do share with your friends. Bye-bye for now.